Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded and expects to hit 6 million listens by the end of July 2023. We're celebrating this success by recognizing those who have shared the journey with us and giving them the opportunity to contribute to the ongoing success of the shows. By buying a paper copy of the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a donation to help the ongoing running costs, members of the international Italian wine community will be given the chance to nominate future guests and even enter a prize draw to have lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. To find out more, visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! Welcome to The Next Generation. I'm Victoria Chancha. Join me as we chat with young Italian wine people shaking up the wine scene. We're going to geek out on a grape or grape fam and then hear about all the wild wine things our guests have been up to, from vineyard experiments to their favorite wine bars. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of The Next Generation. Today, today, we are going to talk about a grape that you probably know, that you probably have drank before. I'm not going to leave you to guess because that's pretty hard. I gave you no clues. Montepulciano, not to be mistaken with Vino Nobile di Montepulciano, or the town of Montepulciano. This is the great Montepulciano. Why are we talking about Montepulciano? Because we have a fabulous interview coming up with a producer in Abruzzo, Montepulciano's home region doing some very very fun things a small winery but before we get to that i'm very excited it's very musical but you'll see before we get to the interview i want to dive a little bit into montepulciano as a grape uh from the italian wine unplugged 2.0 book give you some fun facts and then we're gonna dive straight into it so montepulciano is italy's fifth most planted grape varietal and the second most planted red grape. It's very popular. But the funny thing of it is about Montepulciano is even though it is widely planted, it's not that easy to work with, which is kind of funny. Why is it not easy to work with? Uh, it is not disease resistant. It also suffers from an even ripening, even within the same single bunch. It is also a late ripening varietal and requires a long growing season for its seeds to fully mature. So the issue with this is that it accumulates sugar very quickly, but the tannins mature later, leading to wines that can have very high alcohol and also they're not treated, these grapes are not treated with care and attention, very imbalanced wines. Now, do not hold that against Montepulciano because it produces very beautiful wines when it's given all the love that it needs, just like people, right? Give them attention better, or we hope. Moving on, Montepulciano accounts for at least 50% of the vineyard plantings in Abruzzo, and it is also the most important red grape in the neighboring region of Le Marche, and it also has a lot of plantings in Molise. So we're talking the Adriatic side of Italy, the eastern side, eastern coast. Um, And Montepulciano is traditionally blended with other autochthonous grape varietals, but it is still the dominant influence in the wine. And just to reaffirm, it has no relationship with the town of Montepulciano in Tuscany um, or its wine, Vino Nobile di Montepulciano, which is mostly made with Sangiovese. So this was still creates a lot of confusion, but remember that. Remember that. Montepulciano is a grape. Montepulciano is also a town that has nothing to do with the grape. It's in a completely different region. 
than Montecuciano at the Grapes home. So and if that was really confusing, let me just break it down really fast. Montepulciano grape from Abruzzo. Montepulciano town in Tuscany does not grow Montepulciano grape. It grows Sangiovese amongst other varietals. In the glass, Montepulciano shows a deep ruby or purple hue. It is characterized often by ripe red cherry, spice black plum, blackberry, brambleberry, damp woodsy earth, oregano, or licorice aromas. It has a medium plus acidity, and tannins help balance sometimes overly generous fruit flavors of this wine. And again, going back to the tender love and care of this grape, if it's not well managed, a synchronous ripening can lead to grittier tannin and harsh green vegetal character. Oh, not very nice. In its dry style, it can range from light and easy drinking to full-bodied and fruit-forward wines with velvety tannins. Some new versions may be oaked, um, depending on the producer's choice, although you can find it in stainless steel as well. And also Montepulciano makes really nice rosé. I've had them range in color, and those labeled Cerasuolo tend to be deeper pink in color with a fleshier mouthfeel, more tannins and complexity than typical rosé wines. So you can experience multiple channel and lots of different uh, styles, which is really fun. So without further ado, let's move into our interview. Wonderful. We are at Vinitsuli today uh, and we are with Bossa Nova Winery and here we have Nat, Natalino. Ciao! Ciao, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? How's Vinitsuli? Good. good. Very exciting this year. I see a lot of people around, so we're very happy. Awesome. So I want to know a little bit more about you. How did your story in wine begin? Yeah, uh, we um, established Bossanova in 2018. Uh, we are in two, I and Andrea, my friend. And uh, basically we did something different in the life before, but we had this uh, common dream, so to become a grower. So we left our uh, previous career and uh, in 2018 uh, we started this uh, business. We started from a small uh, plot, one hectare of uh, uh, vines that was planted by Andrea's grandfather in the 70s, so very old uh, vineyard. And then uh, year by year, we enlarged the, 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 the plots. Now we, we are roughly eight uh, hectares and a half, and we produce around uh, 50,000 bottles. Uh, the, one of the most important things of our company, of our uh, winery, that uh, we work in biodynamics, so we are biodynamic farming, and then we produce natural wines. Uh, as all the wineries that uh, are here with the association uh, Vite, Vignaioli and Territori. Amazing, but I want to know a little more about how you started. What like what started your passion in wine? Yeah, uh, so I was uh, was a child when uh, we did the wine with my family, but just for uh, our consumption. And I remember I was really a little one, and I remember uh, the um, uh, the passion of uh, this moment in the year, the the flavors and uh, and the smell during the, the harvest. And this, um, this is still in, uh, in my heart, in my soul. So then I was always passionate about wine. I traveled a lot in my life, uh, uh, working abroad. So I had the, the chance to, to eat in many restaurants and to order whatever I wanted. <laughs> so my passion for wine uh, uh, grew up a, lot, uh, a little more. And then uh, because I had a very intense career, uh, at a certain point I decided to change life. I wanted to do something more slow, more human, and uh, because of my passion on wine, this was always my dream. So at the end of the day, in 2018, 
Uh, long story short, I started to do the vigneron. That's it. <laughs> and you came back to the land. Yeah, and, exactly. And so tell us where your winery is based, a little bit more about the territory. Sure. We are in Abruzzo, Abruzzo in the central part of Italy on the Adriatic uh, coast, the Adriatic Sea. We are uh, roughly 230 meters above the sea level. Uh, most of our vineyards uh, uh, are facing the, the sea, the beach, beautiful place. And it is a very important area in the Colline Terramane area, uh, where the, um, uh, let's say, the um, quality viticulture is very possible uh, because of the slopes, because uh, of uh, the exposure of the vineyards, uh, because of the breeze from the sea, the wind from the mountain. So it makes the perfect uh, microclimate to grow the vines. So Abruzzo, Controguerra. Wonderful. And so are you from Abruzzo? Yeah. Wonderful. And what was it like growing up? Where, where in Abruzzo particularly? Uh, uh, we are in Controguerra, which is in the northern uh, side of Abruzzo. Um, uh, so I, I was born in Abruzzo as well, but in my life I traveled uh, all around the world, uh, from uh, US to Asia, everywhere. And uh, as I said before, at a certain point, it was 2015, I really felt the necessity to go back to my land and do something different. Uh, so in 2018, I did that. <laughs> Amazing. And what was the thing you missed the most besides the wine when you were deciding to come back to Abruzzo? Well, I have to be frank. Uh, I, I'm not missing my previous and stressful job. Uh, it is it is hard to, to, to be a vigneron. Uh, but uh, I don't miss anything of, of my previous life, even because uh, I'm still running a company <laughs> before I was a manager, so something similar. More risk now, but it's okay. And uh, I'm, I'm traveling the world as well because we are ex um, uh, exporting in many countries in the world. So um, uh, I have uh, customers, I have suppliers. So let's say the, the basics are, are the same. Obviously, it's much more interesting because there are... Uh, beautiful human relationship the uh, the wine is art the way we do our authentic wine is art so you know we can mix also with music we are musicians so we are much more free so that's that's a great thing that was something i'm so happy um you brought up because i love the fact that you bossa nova uh brought that aspect into the wine because for me personally wine and music are so married together Absolutely. they're so similar and one of the beautiful things about this industry for anyone listening is you will meet quite a few people in the wine industry, and especially winemakers who are musicians. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely, because uh, making the wine, especially if you do natural wine, so uh, uh, out of uh, the homologations and so on, it's something very personal where you can put all your uh, creativity. Uh, we, we do this with our label, with our boxes, uh, with our bottles, with our communication. Uh, for instance, uh, we are the ones uh, taking care about our um, Instagram page and so on. So we can put all our effort, all our uh, philosophy, all our uh, creativeness in doing our job. So that's the most beautiful. That's freedom, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. And so before we get into talking about Vite and the Small Producers Association, is there a wine here that like 
you would match with like a song or a band or something like that? Is there any kind of inspiration that way? Obviously, you can take this question yeah. whichever direction. Yeah, well, uh, we have uh, a few wines. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe if I think to one of our wines, uh, let's say more playful, mm -hmm. I would say our uh, Pet Nut. Uh, which is a sparkling wine, very fun and playful. And uh, I would pair this wine with the uh, song of Fantastic Negrito, which is, uh, yeah, Chocolate Samurai, which is a crazy song like our wine. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And yeah, so you're in a rock band, that's yeah. right? Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm in a rock band and uh, yeah, I and Andrea, that that's what was one of the common uh, points when we meet, when we first uh, decided to start this, uh, this thing. And uh, we, we play in a band. We have our own uh, rock band. And uh, for instance, tonight we'll play here in Verona because we will have an after party. And uh, I would like to invite everybody uh, at uh, Amen tonight. And uh, we will have a dinner and tasting with uh, all the um, VT Association's wines. And uh, at 10, uh, we will uh, play with our rock band. <laughs> it's just fantastic. There's nothing better in life, sincerely. And now I know it's really important Talk about Vitae because one of, um, and in my heart too, is the small producers are really the force behind keeping, you know, a lot of these um, special territories alive in the land and the biodiversity, especially in a place, Abruzzo is gorgeous. Um, so tell us about your experience in your, uh, about Vitae. Yeah, you got exactly the point uh, during the, introdu the introduction because uh, uh, in Vitae, uh, there are all growers, producers, that the first thing they do is taking care about their uh, land, okay, their uh, area, their region, their uh, small villages and what's on. Uh, so uh, behind uh, any producer, there is a, a real vigneron. So we are the ones that physically uh, work into the vineyard. We uh, promote our wines, we work in the cellar. So uh, it's not just like uh, another activity, uh, second activity and so on. So that's our main job. And uh, this is very important also um, uh, to recall what I said before, that our wines are very personal and authentic because we do really with our hands. We are the ones uh, working through the vineyards to prune our vineyards, to harvest our vineyards and to make the wine in the, into the cellar. So uh, going back to the association, we are um, roughly 150 uh, producers, all natural wine producers. Inside we have... Uh, uh, wineries doing uh, at least uh, organic uh, farming, but uh, mostly biodynamic farming, which is uh, which is great. And um, we used to represent them uh, through uh, maybe the fair, like uh, here in Italy. We have a long uh, uh, relationship with uh, with Vinitaly. So in this uh, organic hall, we are since I don't know maybe five six years. And, uh, and then we organize uh, also many um, events uh, where we uh, basically we, we meet uh, between us, we, between producers. We do a lot of uh, workshops uh, in order to grow together. So uh, if we have a problem, if we have an opportunity, if we have uh, something to discuss about agronomy or, or uh, anything else, we share. That's very important. So uh, because uh, thanks to uh, sharing the things, uh, we are uh, able to grow together. So this is very important. Absolutely. And I think that's an important, important aspect you bring up is the community and keeping that support together. Because, you know, when we think about wine, you know, it's viticulture. It is part of agriculture. Absolutely. You know, it's not that the wine just appears. There's a lot of work that goes on. And, and, and to keep that alive, that quality, you need to work together. You can't be Absolutely. alone. 
Absolutely. And then uh, you, you got another very good point. Uh, it's agriculture. Uh, we don't have to forget because sometimes in the wine industry, we forget that behind there is a, um, uh, there is a vineyard, there is agriculture. Because especially for us, uh, we don't make the wines into the cellar, but we make the wines into the vineyard. That's very important. It's another approach. Obviously, then we will... Uh, uh, make the wine into the cellar for sure, but with the absolutely low intervention. So the big challenge is into the vineyards because we are growers. We do agriculture. Yes. I always say it's like when you see the dirt, like there's pride in having your hands like all dirty. Absolutely. I like miss it. I mean, I've, I've only done a couple of harvests, but that was what I missed. Like I did one in California and I was like going in the morning at like 6 a.m. to get coffee at the cafe and everyone, everyone had dirty hands. And I was like, yes. yes yeah, because you, you, you know, you, you feel it, you put your hands uh, on it so you can put your energy in what you do. So it's very, very important. Contamination also in this case, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. All that good bacteria. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, good, good bacteria, obviously. <laughs> yes, good, good bacteria, not bad bacteria. Exactly. Um, but I, um, just to kind of turn the conversation um, to a little fun direction before we finish off. Since, obviously, you're a super groovy, cool dude, as we can tell, makes cool wine, plays music. That's all, we need. That's all you need in life. Um, what do you do for fun? Like, if someone was to come visit you, like, what... What would be the itinerary? Well, I do a lot of things for fun. <laughs> uh, first of all, playing in a rock band. <laughs> and uh, then I'm, I like to do a lot of sports, mm -hmm. uh, for instance. Like uh, I do kite surfing, I do crossfit, I go with my bicycle. So, and also this job um, give me, gives me the opportunity to do so, uh, even if it, it is very intense as a job. <laughs> But, uh, you know, you have uh, that kind of freedom uh, to, to follow all, all your passions. And then you put all your passions into the wine. That's, that's Absolutely. So if I come visit, we're going to be in the vineyards and doing CrossFit. <laughs> we, have, we have the beach. You can do kite surf, whatever you want. Oh, okay. I do like paddleboarding. You can yeah. do it. No <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome. Abruzzo is, uh, Abruzzo is a really, it's a magic uh, region. We have everything. You can uh, ski. You can... You can uh, go boating, you can swim. Sometimes in the winter we, we used to ski and you can look at the beach during this. Uh, it's, it's an outstanding place. We have lakes, we have rivers, we have uh, beautiful beaches and uh, a lot of culture and uh, architectural and historical stuff. So uh, come to visit Abruzzo. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nat. It was a pleasure. My pleasure. And I wish you buon lavoro, everything. Grazie mille. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Have fun. As always, a big grazie for hanging out with me today. Remember, you can catch me every Sunday on the Italian Wine Podcast. Available anywhere you can get your pods.